think it was Larry was asking me, I don't know what that is, somebody was asking me, what was I doing this afternoon? And one of the things I was doing was looking at the book of Hebrews and uh, just trying to prepare my heart for tonight. So I was looking at that. It was in Hebrews uh, chapter 5, if you want to turn over to it. Um, I was thinking about that passage in Hebrews that speaks about um, the Hebrew people. It's the, the context in chapter 5, I will begin at verse 11. The context is about Jesus being the high priest. And in that context, um, the Jewish people were very reluctant and slow to embrace him. And uh, so the writer of the Hebrews here is commenting on that. And um, he says in verse 11, concerning him, he's talking about Christ, who is the high priest, we have much to say, uh, for it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. I was thinking about that. Uh, spiritual stagnation is a result of being slow to hear and slow to obey what God says. It's, it's um, not, it doesn't simply mean that you stand at a certain level and don't progress. It actually means that if you don't make progress, you regress, you move backwards. And that, that kind of comes out in that, that text there. And it says, um, although by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. The phrase there, you have come to need milk, uh, is a phrase that speaks of moving. It's not, not something, it's not, it's not that, it, that this is just something that happens, but you have developed or moved into the place where you need milk now. But the difference is that this this moving is not moving forward. So you haven't, he's not saying you have progressed to the point that you need milk, but actually what he's saying is you have regressed from the point now that you need milk. And uh, I was thinking about that, that here's this uh, situation where these people, these Jewish people, because they are reluctant to embrace the doctrines and the truths that they know about the Messiah have actually moved backward in their knowledge and in their progress. And I was thinking about that, and it reminded me of Isaiah. You remember in Isaiah that passage where Isaiah saw mentions in Isaiah six and the king, the year the king Uzziah died. I saw the Lord have lifted up, and the Lord commissioned him to go and preach. And uh, Isaiah asked him. Um, how long should I be preaching and how long should I do this? And uh, he said to, to tell this people, keep on listening, but do not perceive. And keep on looking, but do not understand. Now, Isaiah is going to be preaching to the people and the Lord is saying, you, just, you keep preaching to them, but they're not going to perceive. You keep looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, or the same kind of thing, dull. 
Um, that to me is a very scary scenario to, to actually be so calloused and so dull of hearing that you move backwards. And that is true. That's, that's uh, it, it, the people, you can talk to people today, even sometimes church people, and they're not very interested. I mean, you can, you know, they may come to church once in a while, they may do a few little church trinkets and things like that. But insofar as really seriously interested in what the Lord says and what he's asking, they're not interested in that. They're just very apathetic. And that, that hard heart is something that is real. And so he says, you have their ears dull, their eyes dim, otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be healed. And so what he's saying there is that I'm making you, I'm asking you to preach to make them hard because they are insensitive. They've gotten to the place where they're not hearing and I, I, I'm just hardening their hearts. And we can see that. We, can, we, we know that's true today, not only with Jews, but it's also true with Gentiles. So in the passage that we're looking at that I'm talking about, uh, he, he makes a comment, they need someone to teach them. And that phrase there, elementary principles of the oracles of God, the elementary principles, actually, it's a very strange, in fact, I don't know the language well enough to be able to diagnose it, uh, other than to say that it is a composite, uh, two words in the English, and there are two words that are stuck back to back in the Greek, not a compound word, but there are two words that are used together. And one of them has to do with, um, beginnings, uh, the beginnings of the creation, things that have been known from the beginning. And the other one has to do with the elements that the world would be destroyed with the elements and the perfect, the, the tremendous heat. Those two kind of words are put together. And what he's saying here is you have need of, of, of learning the very basic ABCs of Jewish law, you, 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 you're moving backwards and you're, you're very elementary in your understanding. You move backwards because you've hardened your heart, you've turned away and you're not embracing those things. You're needing to learn the ABCs. Um, what it means to hear and not to obey, you have need of milk, not of solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed or that could be experienced, is not experienced to the word, that's not the word for grammar, it's the word for truth or doctrine or teachings that come from God. You're not experienced in the, team, the teachings that come from God, that you are a baby, you're infantile, you're backwards. And the next verse, which is one of the verses that I frequently think of, which verse 14, we'll stop with that. He talks about um, solid food, and the solid food is has to do with hard food, what it kind of basically means. But it is solid food. Solid food, a hard, hard food, if you will, is for the mature, for the adult. Those who what practice because of practice, they have, and I love this, they have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Um, I don't know how to say it other than, I mean, I don't, don't know the best way to word it, but we can become so callous and dull in our life that the things that we once knew were sin, we can accept. 
and they become second nature to it. So we don't we don't think much about it. We don't. Uh, it doesn't bother us. We are we are accustomed to these things, and we 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 look back with humor at the olden days when we did these things and we didn't like it. We were fearful of it, but now we matured to the point that it doesn't bother us. Actually, you haven't matured; you go backwards, and uh, it's a it's a scary scenario. And so, what he's saying is that we need to obey. We need to practice. We need to to regularly put ourselves under the magnifying glass of God's word and God's spirit. Let his truth direct, do you see what I'm saying? Direct our hearts and our minds into the truth so that we are sensitive in our lives to the things that are sinful. And we don't have to think about it. We don't have to, to try to sit down and rationalize that these are things that will just automatically, we will realize that and we will, we will say, my goodness, I would never, never think about something like that. And we want to be sensitive to that. We really do. And it's important to do that. It's important for me. It's important for you. And so I was thinking about that in this passage as we are coming uh, before the, the throne of the Lord. Um, and by the way, that phrase, when he talks about practice, uh, he uses the word that the Romans used to exercise uh, naked. Now, that's not had to do with that. They, just, they would exercise and they, they appreciated the exercise and the stress and the, the uh, sweat and stuff in their bodies and, and uh, they would work hard and exercise. And that's kind of the word he's using here. That you have your senses exercised or trained. Another one of my favorite verses is the scripture that says to discipline yourself or exercise yourself for the purpose of godliness. You put that uh, self-discipline in your life for the purpose of godliness because that's where the prophet is. It, it does take work, it does take effort. And everything in life that matters takes work. Uh, it's just a lot of work. That's one of the things, you pardon me, use the illustration of Alabama. That's one of the things that Nick Saban talks about all the time about his players is that they need to be successful. They need to practice these things. They need to, it needs to come from the heart. They need to want to do it and to pursue these things in order to, to be successful. And that's true in the Christian life, that there is it's We know we're saved by grace through faith, but it doesn't mean that that means we sit back and do nothing. We cooperate with the Lord. We seek to follow him and to look to him and to honor him. Um, and. Uh, I know we haven't mastered that. I haven't mastered that, and we want to seek to do that. I ask the Lord many times, and I'm not setting myself up as an example of the fact that I'm a pastor, and so your eyes are on me. But I ask the Lord many times to help me love Him, to really love Him. If you if you love Him, you obey Him. Spend time with Him. That's right. Spend time with Him, and and um, get to know Him. And uh, it's, I know what it's like, honestly, truly, to be busy in the morning and and to neglect that, that very important time. And I'm sure you know what it's like too, but it's, it's uh, good to have that. It's good to develop that habit to spend with him and let him direct your day and discipline your, your thoughts and your actions and things for the purpose of godliness, for the purpose of uh, honoring Christ in God. So I'm gonna open us in prayer. Pete and I are gonna do the elements. So I'm gonna open us in prayer and then I'm gonna sit down and uh, Rick, Give everybody a chance, if you don't mind, in closing that time of prayer. Father, we do thank you. Um, you're so good to us. I'm just uh, overwhelmed with your mercy and your grace and your goodness to us. And I'm overwhelmed, one reason, because sometimes I take it so casually, so lightly. 
Um, and I'm just very, very, I'm aware of your mercy. I'm aware of your goodness. I'm aware that I do not deserve the, the blessings that you have showered upon me. And so I'm thanking you for your goodness to me, and I'm thanking you for your goodness to us, and I'm thanking you for the privilege we have to assemble here together, together tonight. And Lord, I pray as we open the word and as we reflect on you, that you will, in fact, direct our thoughts and direct our focus of attention and remind us of the things that we need to be reminded of and to be honored so that uh, when we walk away from the meeting tonight, our hearts and lives will be aware that we have, have met with the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so thank you for this time. Uh, scripture tells us when we come to this table, uh, and these elements that we are not to do it lightly, we're not to partake in an unworthy manner. Uh, we need to be serious. And I pray that you'll help me help us to focus on that and to realize the seriousness of this and to realize the man the greatness of your mercy and the greatness of your love and the greatness of your provision the greatness of your person and thank you for who you are and what you've done thank you for what you're doing here tonight pray that you would be honored not just with what we do but who we are and uh, what we're doing in our hearts and lives and i pray this father jesus name.